Hey, hey, Super Gluer. Welcome back to the Super Glue Podcast. In this series, we've been talking about what's next. And we've now reached part three, where we think about how to wait with a peaceful and hopeful heart centered on the Lord. And man, this is the hardest lesson for me. I'm terrible at the waiting. So let's jump in and talk about this topic from a couple of different lenses. And I want to thank you for listening in. I want to thank you for joining me in these last two parts and then being here today because I am going through this season of waiting myself and knowing that I get to talk to the Super Glue community and have conversations with people as follow-ups to listening to the podcast or just in circles that I meet, it really has helped me tremendously, more than you know. Yesterday, I had an opportunity to revisit an old friend from middle school, oh my gosh, so many years ago and so many memories, and I'm so grateful to him for reaching out after listening to the podcast because not only did it feel so great to catch up, it just was amazing to hear his experiences and his journey and for me to be able to share as well. And in that connection, just realizing that we're all going through so much. And we're often in this season of waiting, which can be really difficult. It felt me or it helped me to not feel so alone at times. So again, thank you for being listeners. Thank you to those of you who have reached out to let me know that this podcast matters to you. And for all of you super gluers who are in the waiting period, I feel you. I see you. I hear you. I am with you so often in my own life. I am waiting. So a couple of things that I've been reflecting on, first of all, in this season of waiting is that we're always waiting, it feels like. And in the last episode, I asked you this question. And so I'll start with this once again. And that is, what do you think God is teaching you in your season of waiting? And I think for me, I know personally, God is always teaching me to be a problem solver and to remain creative. I get frustrated with inefficiencies. I get frustrated with what I would call silly use, a silly use of time. Like if, if something is not efficient or well put together, it just really drives me crazy. I don't know what, what it is. It's like, I don't know. It's this entitlement, I guess, of like, I don't have time to waste. And it just, it kind of gets under my skin. And I find that in running my own business, it happens a lot where, you know, I won't talk about any particular client because, you know, you never know who's listening, but I have a situation with a client. It's, it's a, it's a good client, but I mean, there's so many inefficiencies to what they do. And it just causes me such frustration sometimes that I just want to go running. And that's what I tend to do. And so I want to just kind of like escape because I just hate inefficiencies. But the thing about this is this shows up in my life over and over and over again. And I think that God uses this to teach me to be more patient to not run a hundred miles an hour. So what I'm often learning in the season of waiting is that it doesn't matter if I work for myself or I work for someone else or whatever setting I'm in, my tendency to get really frustrated and annoyed and feel overwhelmed and just feel like super judgy towards a person or a group or an organization is something that I need to continue to work on. And for me, this is, it always comes down to like that idea of inefficiency. So I bet you have something like that too. And I guess the reason why I'm saying that is because I'm noticing about myself 
that it doesn't really matter the setting that I'm in. The same things that bother me and annoy me follow me. And so I feel like God is constantly teaching me in my season of waiting to be more patient, to slow down, to to not like be so judgy. Because guess what? I'm not always super efficient and I'm not always good with details and I'm not always, you know, making the best decisions. So I can really work on this aspect of my life. And I think God is teaching me that because dang, if the same stuff doesn't show up. And I guess the the second part of this and what God is teaching me is, is that we can run and want something else and be like, I got to get out of wherever you are in the moment. But if you don't work through your stuff, <laughs> super glower, your stuff is going to follow you. It's the same stuff. I promise. Like I went from, you know, being employed by, by a large organization to being employed by myself. And it's the same old, it's the same old stuff. So I think, you know, for me, I'm constantly thinking about what God is teaching me. And so in when I talk about waiting, I really have to work on waiting with patience and not run, wanting to run away every time a client is inefficient and getting like so worked up and annoyed um, that that is one thing I know I really need to to work on. So this week, as I was exploring myself and really thinking about areas of growth for myself, it kind of dawned on me that it may come across at times that, you know, I left my job and here I am on my own and like everything must be perfect now. And I just figured I would start this episode by clarifying that, hell no, it's not perfect. I mean, yes, I'm I'm glad I left. I'm glad I did the what's next for me. And I'm glad that I'm doing this work now that's really sometimes, not always, but mostly rewarding. But y'all, there are a lot of ups and downs to being on your own. And I share that to say that I don't ever want us as super gluers to think that we're going to find the next thing and have total and complete satisfaction in that next thing. And I guess that's been a big reflection for me this week. I'm not going to have total and complete joy unless I'm focused on Jesus. That's where my joy comes from. It's not from my job or my business or my social media account or whatever the next thing is. I made a choice to have a next step because I was looking for something different during that season of my life. But that doesn't mean that I stepped into this perfect world of, you know, unicorns and rainbows and like clients are calling me every day and I am just rolling in the business and it's just perfect over here. It's not like there are ups and downs to this too. And I think it's important for us as we're examining our next steps to understand that we are constantly constantly sacrificing when we make a next step. And that's not a bad thing. The sacrifices that I've made are the sacrifices that I'm willing to make and they're the choice that I made. But that doesn't mean that there's no sacrifice or there's complete and utter joy. So step one, check yourself because whatever annoys you now will most likely follow you. Step two, know what you're willing to sacrifice because it is not all glorious on the other side. That, again, doesn't mean you shouldn't make the step to the other side, but just being aware of that, I think, has brought me to my knees a few times this week to say to Jesus, like, I need you and you are my complete and utter satisfaction in life, nothing else. And I I really feel like this week I've gotten into this 
exploring of this concept and just understanding that I'm not going to feel fully satisfied until I'm in heaven. And I hope that's no, no, you know, not anytime soon, but that there's always going to be a longing when we're here on earth. And there's always going to be hardships and sacrifice and suffering. And so I'm really trying to make peace with that as I wait this week. The other thing is, I think that stillness is really underrated and we don't do it enough. And I know for me, something that I practiced this week as I was in the exploring phase is turning off my cell phone for one hour every day. And I wasn't great at it or perfect at it, but there were times that I did it and it was just so enlightening because the quietness and the not being distracted by emails and all the things coming at me made such a big difference. And that stillness helped me to get a little clearer on what might be next for me. And in that stillness, I could sit with God and be aware of what he might be trying to tell me. So there was actually an opportunity that I saw on LinkedIn and I was like, wow, that looks kind of exciting. And so it was the feeling of being pulled to maybe go towards something different and not to give up my business or anything completely, but just to, to, to add in, you know, kind of another element. And it's so weird. I was praying about it and um, I don't, by the way, let me be honest, I don't always pray about these things because I forget because... I move too fast. And that's my, you know, my issue, right? That's the thing that I said I need to work on is slowing down. And so sometimes I just move without even asking God, but I actually did ask God and I prayed and I stayed still for a little while. And then I kept thinking about it. And one night this week I was sleeping and I swear in the middle of the night, it was like, God woke me up and told me not to do it. That, you know, I have enough going on and I need to let some things that, you know, I've put into place kind of boil up to the top or, you know, just simmer a little bit longer and and let him do his thing and just to wait. And it was just in that stillness of being asleep (laughs) that I was able to have that conversation with God. And I was like, what? Wait, no, this looks like it could be good for me. But I'm telling you all that doesn't happen, you know, all the time, but I think it happens more when we practice stillness regularly. So for me, that idea is something I'll always continue to talk about because I think it really helps us to get clear. I think the other big thing is as you are continuing to explore what's next, observe what's happening around you. The teachers will show up like we talked about in part one and you know, notice and observe what's around you and what are you enjoying? What feels really good? What do you not like? What are you not willing to um, you know, do any longer? Where might you be um, using your talents and feeling really excited. What do those things really look like? And getting a little little clearer on that in the waiting. And then I want to talk about this idea of being open to all options. Y'all, sometimes we block ourselves from the good things that God has because we start excusing, excusing, is that a word? making excuses, giving excuses, making excuses for all the reasons why whatever won't work or why we're stuck. And I think we just have to be so careful about that because if we're not willing to get the ball rolling, God can't help us. So sometimes he's waiting on us to take a step and then he'll guide us. He'll show us, he'll open the doors. And other times we're waiting on him. And that waiting on him is where I find myself the most because I'm such a, 
hundred mile an hour. And that's not a compliment to myself. <laughs> like sometimes it is about I move, move, move. And I just need to slow down and let him show me. But some of you are not moving because you're scared. And I get that. And I'm not judging you. I have the opposite problem that I'm working on. But for those of you that are stuck and you're not letting any balls roll because you're making reasons and excuses why you can't do whatever is next, even though it's in your heart, just remember that God can't do anything with that because he needs you to keep on moving. So keep on moving if that's what you know uh, is an area where you can grow and slow on down and wait if you're like me and uh, need to just let God do his thing. I think at the end of the day, it also is about understanding that doubt creeps in for all of us, especially when we're waiting. And I am so like this. Oh my goodness. I can be so positive to everyone else and then have such doubt inside of me and in my heart, um, sometimes wrestle with that doubt of, you know, what, what is next for me? Or if, you know, things are going really well, I might be like, but what if they don't stay, you know, this good or whatever. And I just, I think I've realized that that's why I need Jesus because I'm a hot mess otherwise. And so he wants us to share our doubts and our concerns with him. He's always listening. And I think just keeping it real and just saying, this is what I doubt, you know, but at the same time, not stopping in our doubts. And I think that mantras can be incredible for this. So my final tip as you're waiting is to write a mantra for yourself, an affirmation, and pray on it and then repeat it often. So, you know, for me saying something like I've been down before, but I'm never out with God, right? Or, you know, really imagining what you want next for your life and writing it down and then repeating it and affirming it in the Lord and believing and trusting and believing that he has that for you, whatever might be next. So on that note, Super Glower, let's get ready for a morning prayer. Father God, thank you so much for putting dreams in our heart. Let us not be driven by fear. Let us instead be open to all of the possibilities and start to take little tiny baby steps towards whatever you have next for us. Or Lord, for the super gluers who are more like me, help me and others to slow down. Oh, makes me cry because I know I'm just always thinking probably too much, Lord, about what's next. And I'm always trying to get two or three steps ahead of where I think I need to be going. And that's sometimes really hard, Lord, because I start to control things and I never want to leave you out in the process. So help me and others to slow down and to make peace with the waiting, to share our doubts with you so that we're never alone. I ask you, Lord, to bless every super gluer here who has a dream oh, in their hearts or who has fear over what's next. Bless them so that they have courage and they can do whatever it is that's been ordained by you and your will. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Hey, super gluer, get out there and have a kick-ass day. Bye. <laughs>